Steve Rosenblum. We suck, so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody. I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will, um, with minimal damage, that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands. And, um, Good thing. And apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done. Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and bake. Come on. Where's Toby? So I'm practicing, you know, social distancing, and I have a few tips for everybody, you know. You know, no sharing pipes or joints. Things like that. The three words that describe this show, and I quote, Stink, stank, stunk. It's Saturday Suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. also want to reflect and thank those who gave their lives and it's not Saturday we're really going to screw up the wake and bake club it is Monday suckage which doesn't quite have the alliteration but there's Mark Rohde I'm Steve Rosenblum welcome in our marathon show until the 4th of July or maybe until Mark has to leave for Bears training camp is that is that how it works well we're just going to keep going and Honestly, there is an OTA that I will be at, I am looking forward to attending on Wednesday to lay eyes on Justin Fields. That will occur this week. So Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, the Bears will have a, let's just call it for the sake of our Wake and Bay Club to make everything so a mini training camp will be going on, or do you say organized team activities? Steve, this is a big morning because, you know, as you mentioned, marathon show. Today, there's a couple of very significant things that strike me right off the bat as we get going. You and I will have, by the time 1245 rolls around today, we'll have filled in for three of our primary shows here at The Score. We are right now, as we speak, we are filling in for Molly and Haw. Come 9 o'clock, we will fill in for Bernstein and Rahimi. And come noon, we will fill in for the first 45 minutes of the Lawrence Holmes show. So today, my friend is a a massive day and here's the other thing steve you know this having been on this earth longer than i have Uh today being memorial day is the day that the baseball people say we're allowed to start taking the season seriously right isn't it always memorial day well memorial day is when you start to take it so now we can get mad at little things and minutiae and baseball stuff what would you like to get mad at mark well I suppose I could get mad at injuries as it pertains to the Cubs because it hurt them yesterday for the first time. Fifth inning. Well, it it, it, it certainly affected them. And well, yeah, well, the first inning you've got your your MVP third baseman playing first base, and then you've got some guy I've never heard of playing third base, and 
both had um, <clears throat> trouble in the first inning, and Jake Arrieta can't pitch it over it, around it, through it, whatever it is, and there's your three runs. I mean, Arietta didn't look like he had great command. He certainly didn't have great no. help. Five runs, but only two were earned. It's like, can we get some help? You can't, when you're as injured as they are, you need to be able to make anything, any base runner, you be, need to be able, be able to move them around and not rely on the home run. And any opposing base runner, you can't start giving extra bases. This is not Halloween. We're not giving out bases like it's candy. And that's what <laughs> that's what they were doing. And there and there was trouble. That's, that's the way it goes. Now, they had played so well. I mean, you go back to the, the start of May. They were, they were, what, five games out? Some, it looked like it was all over. They're a half game out. And they are, they have 11 players on the injured list. And yeah. Rizzo's not there, but he, he's halfway to the 10-day injured list, right? He's missed five straight games with back problems. He always misses huh. games with back problems, right? So yeah. this, is, this is what you're trying to do. Here's your lineup from yesterday. Yeah. Jock Peterson, well, he certainly has shown up. That's good, right? You know, this is like, it's, 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 not, it's not the big deal offseason signing you might have hoped for, but okay, he's leading off. He's, he's hitting. Peterson, Chris Bryant, MVP candidate. Javier Baez, the now will forever go down, the most historic base runner who barely reached first base. Ian Happ batting cleanup, but he can bat anywhere. Wilson Contreras. That's a good top five. Here's your last four. Some guy no. named Ortega, some guy mm-hmm. named Wisdom, some guy yep. named Sogard, and a yep. pitcher, and they don't even know who the pitcher's name will be today because they had somebody else go on the injured list because Trevor Williams had an emergency appendectomy yesterday. Good God. Point. All right. Let, let me let me further our point. Let's call it our point now. You, you our just went through point. the lineup. Let, let me, you just can went we have the whole can lineup. we have Maggie can we have Maggie Hendricks like stitch cross stitch something? Our point. She could make a, a quilt, a needle point, or something like that. Our Are you point. not gonna walk around with t-shirts? I'm with dummy. <laughs> it's our uh, point. Our point. That that's our show. That's what our show has devolved into. Steve and I uh-huh. just make our points. We don't have separate points. We have our points. But mm. in the fifth inning, let's be specific here. This is the first time where, yes, with all those sort of no-name misfit players on the Cubs, I was like, oh, th- this is hurting them. Because, and I'm sure you watched too, Steve, five nothing Reds in the fifth inning. The Cubs have first and second and nobody out. Tyler Maley is the pitcher, and he was terrific for Cincinnati yesterday. Ready? Here we go. Here we go. He strikes out Rafael Ortega, Patrick Wisdom, and Eric Sogard to get out of the jam. But not only that, with, ready? If if Sogard had gotten on base, guess who would have been up? Nick Martini. Nick Martini was on deck. If only Sogard could have gotten on base, and he didn't. So, to me, that was the first time where it was the essence of, okay, the Cubs are in a good spot here. They've got first and second. Nobody out. Oh, it's Rafael Ortega, famous 4A player. It's Patrick. Who's Patrick Wisdom? What it, it, he 
ball well. What? Yeah, well, but he didn't hit it there. There's Eric Sogard, part of the Cubs' famous contact trio. Nothing. But Nick Martini was on deck. He never had a chance. Who who knows what would have happened if Nick Martini had had a crack at the plate? If only. If only. Yeah. Mighty Martini only. at the at the plate. And yet on the other side of town, you see the White Sox. That depth. Um, the when they've lost, they've lost a whole bunch of home runs. I don't know what the projected home runs were, but let's say. 70 home runs when Jimenez and Robert, right? They lost them. They're injured. See you later. And then Billy Hamilton hits two homers in two days. Oh, my God. You know, not unlike unlike Jock Peterson finally waking up and and figuring out that he's in the major leagues in in Chicago. So he he got over his injury. He apparently started injured in the regular season, no matter what he looked like in in, uh, Arizona. He was uh, MVP in Arizona. He was DOA in uh, in Chicago in April, and then he came off the injured list, and he's been great. But you're seeing the depth come through. They're making plays. They're doing what they need to do. And you also see the stars doing what they're stars. Likus Giolito yesterday, oh, my God, 12 Ks. So he's, he's going to approach Chris Sale's double-digit Ks. Whatever whatever number of games that is, and he's he's going to get there. So it it was his 13th game, 13th career game in double digits. I think, did Sale have 16, 20, whatever? Giolito's going to blow past it. But you're getting you're getting things like that. You're getting that depth coming through, and that's what you need. That's that's the way these things are won because this season is not last season. That's another thing for the Cubs. 60 games last year. Get off to a great start and then pretty much suck your average. And then you saw it in the postseason. The you you sucked in the postseason and you weren't that team. So the Sox have used that depth and we'll really see it now with Jimmy Lambert pitching. He was called up. Yeah. They're playing they're playing Cleveland, so they lead Cleveland by three and a half games. They have a doubleheader today and coming off a. Of, a weekend where Liam Hendricks saves three games in two days. This is the first time since Bobby Thigpen 30 years ago did that. So he saves three games in two, in, in two days. Carlos Rodon starts one game, Jimmy Lambert the other. And you think, wow, this is, a, this is a thing. Jimmy Lambert, for Charlotte, has a 7.71 ERA. In 11 and two-thirds innings, he struck out 23. That's great. His whip is 1.46. That's not. I don't. I, this is going to be a wild ride. And Jimmy Lambert is the reason that Liam Hendricks saved all the games that they could save. We have no idea how it's going to go. Even a seven-inning game, I don't know how long Jimmy Lambert's going to go. But the 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 Sox are relying on this kind of farm system, and it doesn't matter that we've never, you know. We, we weren't afraid. We had no idea who Nick Martini is or Rafael Ortega. You can still produce, and then we'll know who you are. We know who some of the, we know who the Sox players are. We know they're getting home runs out of Billy Hamilton. How how laughable is that? You know the the Billy Hamilton homers and and watching like yesterday was incredible because like he did it once and it just felt like this novelty act and everybody thought it was funny and they're chanting Billy and then he I'll be damned if he didn't do it again and I don't know how 
he hits home runs with that swing of his. It's like a, it's a three-quarter swat at the baseball swing. His swing, like, he doesn't want to hit home runs. You know what I'm saying? It's not even just a matter of, well, he's a small guy, so he tries to hit. He's trying to hit the ball in places to, that'll get him triples <laughs> or or singles so he could steal second and subsequently third as he is wont to do. But just that swing is just hilarious. And he got all of it yesterday. There's no doubt about it. Like, Billy Hamilton is the classic. Like, at this point, I, I would even say that there's going to be a point where you're barely going to see Billy Hamilton on the field. Like, that that will happen once we get into July and August, and he'll be a very valuable pinch runner or, you know, whatever the case may be, as, as guys like that are for winning teams. But he's the classic guy of, okay, I don't know why he's doing what he's doing. He's hot. He's playing well. His teammates love him. He's like this sort of cult favorite all of a sudden at guaranteed rate field. Ride it out as long as you possibly can because this this eventually this eventually will run out. I'd go so far as to predict that um, he will not hit another home run this year, Steve. You could you could book it. Put it on. Uh, Put it on your your wagers, the wagers that you do on a daily basis. Put it down. Billy Hamilton will not. I've got the under on on one as under. Got it? He will not hit another homer this year. Bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it <laughs> plays out for him. Let's uh-huh. See if it works out for him. Nice. Yeah. I I, I don't know that you're. He's not there. It's the the question is who who are they gonna get back? And we have a texture. By the way, our text line three one two six forty four. 6767, the tech zone brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. Uh, the Reds were missing Votto, Mustakas, Senzel, and Aquino yesterday. Yeah, right. You still have to beat those teams. And and the, those teams that are with, look at the Cubs and missing all the players the Cubs are missing, you have to beat them too. That's that's the way it works. That's why teams look to to buck up their, their depth. 773 texture Monday suckage stop messing with my head man back deck Jeff it's gonna be a good day for the back deck isn't it you know what? oh absolutely broadcast day it was in it so we always do this on Memorial Day because we always end up working or we certainly work the weekend it's um it's the we go back to when you used to have Michael Jordan barbecues and get-togethers man Right, Memorial, oh, that's what Memorial Day was all about. That oh, was, yeah. it was Michael. It was Michael Jordan. That's what the that's what the day was. It was Michael and his supporting cast and what whatever they were doing. And the weather was great. And it was hot inside whatever arena they were in. And basketball, by the way, the NBA has a problem. We're going to talk about that. And we saw some actually some of it play out that we can connect some dots to the south side so we'll talk about that there's some um, fan unrest it's not a pretty thing mark and i are broadcasting from the score hyundai studios presented by your local hyundai dealers we're broadcasting from now until the fourth of july maybe the opening of bears training camp with mark absolutely has to leave to see the the competition between two quarterbacks who don't know the bears playbook and a coach who doesn't know the game in front of them. So that'll be happening. And we welcome your phone calls. We'll take a break, but we welcome your phone calls. And we have a breaking phone call sounder if anybody wants to call, 312-644-6767. Mark, I don't know if you heard this, but 
we have to play it because Liam Hendricks, White Sox closer, getting back to being that kind of guy that they paid all that money for, he came halfway around the world. He came from down under to sound like a Chicago sports talk radio host. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I've not, I have not heard that yet, so I am yeah, looking forward to it's, it. It's really good. It's something that um, in, in a past life we might have done today, and because of Liam Hendricks, we're going to do it today. We're going to play your Cubs Sox fandom off one another. At uh, 9 or 10 o'clock, is it 9 o'clock, Mike Rankin, who's producing us, he drew the short stick today, and Mike Rankin is going to be be at the board because Trash Panda outranks him. Mike Rankin, is it 9 a.m. for Scott Merkin of uh, yeah, MLB.com? Yeah, we'll, we'll, let's pencil it in for 9. We'll figure that out. <laughs> There's a lot of penciling in for the next five and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, why don't we just finger paint it, Mike? Uh, yeah. All right, All right. <laughs> well, whenever Merk in. wants to show up, that'll be fine. That's yes. the way. That's it's the a way holiday. Saturday suckage works on Monday. That's it. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. <laughs> Liam Hendricks. He's your Sox closer. He's your Chicago sports talk radio host. He's from a different era. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Hamilton to left. McKenna back at the wall. It is gone. Billy Hamilton squares up another baseball. And it's one nothing Sox. Well, Billy Hamilton has been a revelation for our Sox. Credit the front office, all of the evaluation guys who went out and said, you know what, we can use this guy. Rick Hunt, Kenny Williams said, you know, he's a great insurance policy. Hamilton drills this ball. Did he do it again? The answer is yes. Oh, Billy the hitter. Back-to-back games. Billy, don't you lose that number. 1-1 in the third. <laughs> Ah, was that a... Call call Lin-Manuel Miranda. His name is Billy Hamilton. Oh, my God. That's Curtis... When he said... Yeah. Sorry, I'm just tapping all over you, Steve. Sorry, I'm out of rhythm. It's 725. It's Monday, so I'm just going to talk over you. I am sorry. No, that's Uh, good. That's our show. Yeah, when he did that, when Jason Benetti said that, and he said, went through all of those different sort of Billy cliches... Was the oh Billy? Was that Dumb and Dumber? Oh Billy! I I I would love to know. I would love to you know, know. You know what? Jason Benetti is so there. There's such a um, a, a social cultural zeitgeist with him that he really should come with footnotes. <laughs> he needs footnotes. <laughs> I can't do soft math, but I would read the footnotes. We used to put, yeah. when I did when I did out loud. We just let I just let people talk. I'd eliminate my questions, just run their answers. And if it did answer wasn't complete, we would put a footnote in there. Mike Kellum said, "Let's do the footnotes." We put the footnotes in, and then at the bottom you could make the connection there. I would read the Jason Benetti footnotes, and that's the so all of those references, the cultural zeitgeist. He would got he could be our our cultural our social Sherpa. He could lead us through this, so talk to I him love about it. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, oh, what, oh, sir, what is your what is? 
to simplify oh. it, sir, what is your process? How did you get to where we are? How did you? Yeah. How did that happen? And was this what I thought it was? That those are the th- kind of things that I would ask Jason Minetti. Yeah. Well, Jason needs. J- Jason d- just needs. We need. We need that. We need that kind of reference. We need that footnotes would help. So here we have a bunch of Billy Hamilton. Billy, don't be a hero. There's your reference from somebody as old as me. Oh, Billy is from Liar Liar. This is the 815 texter. Nipple Uh, on glass window. All right. I think. Well, see you later. Yeah, you know what? The texter is absolutely correct. I I am now officially, we, we we are so past the sort of prime of Jim Carrey that now everything is sort of one big mash together and it all really comes down to dumb and dumber. <laughs> but you had the Jim me. Carrey thing, right? America. Yeah, I did have that right. Yep. So somebody asked a, a um A15 texture says, if Billy Hamilton hits another home run, I'm convinced the ball is juiced again. <laughs> That's a really good point. But this is a question for you, Mark, based on your bold uh-huh. prediction, Cotton. Yeah. 224 uh, texture. Does that include an inside the park home run for Hamilton? Wow. And what I had said, if people missed it, my bold prediction was that as great as these Billy Hamilton home runs are, are I'm setting the over-under at one as far as how many more home runs Billy Hamilton will hit, and I've taken the under. In other words, I've predicted that Billy Hamilton will not hit another home run this year. And, yeah, that I saw that text as well, I guess. I guess I have to. I guess I yeah. can't not conclude the inside the park home run, so I might have screwed myself on my own question right there. Because, yeah, yeah you would think we'll, that he we'll would keep, probably hit one. But we'll keep track of it because you you had also talked about the, the, the other part of that was the diminished playing time. And presuming he'll still be on the, on the roster, and you go from a guy in the lineup because of injuries to suddenly being moved out, other guys going to show themselves and one of them Andrew Vaughn you know I'd written down and we might as well do a production show on the air without our real producer but Mike Rankin has produced before so Mike you can weigh in on this um do we need a drop of Lou Brown saying Ron because Andrew Vaughn's going to do stuff yeah we we could do that we do we have it just there whether where it's clean (laughs) Lou Brown's got lots to say he's got a distinctive voice but Shut uh, up, no, Dorn. Yeah, right. And then the best thing is when he just urinates on Dorn's contract. That was a great scene. Can but, I tell you my favorite line is of the whole movie, I think, yes. of his of coach, is when they're actually recruiting him to be the manager of a major uh-huh. league baseball team, and he is hemming and hawing. He's like, I don't know. I got, the, I got these tires to sell or whatever they were. I got these white walls. Like, yeah. he'd rather he considered preferring to sell tires than becoming the manager of a major league baseball team. I don't know. I got these tires to sell. Let me get back to you on that. I got a guy yeah. in the other line calling about some white walls. Some white walls. That's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I got the line. I got a that's... guy calling about some white walls. It's I a it's a great line, yeah. It really is. Um, so, if if the the whole idea of of we started this with Billy Hamilton and God bless it, we're doing that. The um, the other part of it was the T's involved, Liam Hendricks. So he he is your White Sox closer. So he came from Oakland, where across the bay 
there were the big bad giants where they were getting all the love and the, they were getting the treatment and the Oakland A's. He keep threatening to move, by the way, and have a very, a, a very Spartan and, and unwelcoming ballpark. And now he comes to the White Sox on the south side where they have a, a wonderful ballpark with great food, far better than Wrigley. And he's discovered something. And so he comes halfway across the world and then two-thirds of the cross the United States. Here's Liam Hendricks beginning to grow into Chicago sports talk radio on days like today. Liam, are, are you and the rest of the team getting a feel that you're getting a national attention because of what, besides uniforms, but what you're doing on the field? I mean, a little bit, yes and no. I feel like uh, we have to take four steps to get any sort of nat national recognition while our cross-town rivals just have to put together one game and then they'll get on it. But uh, I've dealt with that the last six years of my career. It's not. It's nothing as if it's, uh, it's anything new to me, but I actually enjoy that. I like being able to have to work harder to get any recognition because that just means you have to put in the work. You really have to show that you're doing it to be able to do that. Uh, and that's just one of those things. It's like we have that chip on our shoulders, like, you guys can continue to talk about who is the number one team in the city, the number one fan base in the city, whatever it is, but we're going to go out there. We're going to do our business and we're going to let everybody know how good we are. You're going to make the series against the Cubs a lot of fun, I think. Well, there's that. I also want to get a trophy. So I want to get something together. We need to think of like, whether it be the loop trophy or something that can represent the, represent the city a little bit, just, uh, just add some little uh, camaraderie between between teams because they got some great they got some great players on their team. They've got some really good people on their team as well, and I think that'll be uh, just a way to kind of join it together. And then handing out uh, presenting a trophy between uh, between Ross and Larusa at the end of it will be just something to, something to look forward to for everybody. Does Tony Larusa believe in trophies? I don't know. Um, is that does that disrespect the game if it's just one series? Anyways, there's Liam Hendricks. Here's your White Sox closer. Get a picture, get a red line car and just do that, Liam. And and he sounds like a Chicago sports radio host. What makes a good fan base? How come the White Sox are second class citizens? The Cubs, all they have to do is, is the old Jerry Reinsdorf line, the Cubs sell sunshine and they fill the place. So it comes back to the whole argument of when the Cubs were and remain the number one team in town, they're more, they seem to have a greater fan base. And whether and that's back when they sucked and they did stupid things and they would still draw people. Is that a good fan base that people show up? Stupid people show up when the team's losing and White Sox were winning and they still had trouble drawing. Or is that a more discriminating fan base? Liam Hendricks is walking right into it and he's going to throw a 100 mile an hour fastball right down the middle of Chicago Sports Talk Radio. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was terrific, man, because it's like everybody's kind of afraid to go there and say things like that, whether it's players from either team, because Cubs players don't want to stir that up. They really don't deep down inside as much fun as we have with it. And, and quite frankly, members of the media don't like to, because we, you know, it's, it's almost like it's, it's, it's there and it's always been there. And it's, it's sort of a thing of the past where you blast the White Sox for having no attendance and the Cubs for filling the ballpark and nobody really cares about baseball, neither of which is actually true. So it was good to have Liam Hendricks stir things up a little bit. But Sir Hendricks, the Cubs didn't just have a one-game winning streak. They had a six-game winning streak come to an end. <laughs> and that's where you started hearing some of the noise from the north side, man. And guys, and we went through it already. Guys like Rafael Ortega, Patrick Wisdom, Eric Sogard, and Nick Martini will not be denied good sir 
So just and you know I gotta tell you too, I have to tell you, man, Liam Hendricks. I think some of this may have been stimulated by a show that I did the other day, where and I have no idea idea what day it was because it is a holiday week, um, where I was suggesting that if Michael Kopech is to come back from his hamstring injury in short order, and hopefully he is off the bereavement list, dealing whatever it is that he is dealing with in his personal life that if Michael Kopech has this otherworldly stuff as every time he pitches that's what I hear from Benetti and Stone why isn't he in a more important role still at this point and that would be closing baseball games because up until kind of recently Liam Hendricks every time he has gone in there in the ninth inning it it's made you nervous and he has looked like a very normal pitcher so why not bounce those two guys around a little bit and tinker with Michael Kopech as the guy who gets the final two or three outs in a baseball game, if his stuff is as good as everybody is saying? Well, his health needs to be too, uh, both mental mental and physical. And you bring up a good point. Whatever he's dealing with, whatever, put him on the bereavement list, and he's back from that. So we'll see how it goes. And it's interesting the way the White Sox set up this week with Rodon and Jimmy Lambert and his 7.71 ERA being called up, and he's going to start one of the, the game that Rodon doesn't in the doubleheader. They're playing Cleveland, and they moved up Keuchel to pitch on Wednesday, moved him up a day. And you do have – they don't know what they have in Kopech. I think that's the, the answer. He's coming back. What, whatever his comeback involves, whatever – however hard, however fast he can throw a baseball – however long he can throw it at that speed, whatever he has in himself, do they want to commit to, oh my God, is this guy only going to be an opener? Or if we get five innings, does the bullpen stitch together the way we want it to? And that's a day-to-day thing. You just have no idea who you're going to need to use. Like today, you just don't expect, it's a doubleheader, but I can't, I guess we'll find out about Liam Hendricks. I can't see him going today. He saved three games in two days. Over the weekend, I don't see that happening, but maybe he's going to surprise us. It was good to see Garrett Crochet to throw that inning, and can you yes. rely on him? So I think the the Kopech answer is is like a bullpen day to day. You just don't know what he's he'll he'll show you what he's able to handle, and I think that's where you are on that, right? Yeah, How else I, would you do it? Well, I I think you're right, and and it's an inconvenient time for me to bring be bearing bringing this up because I had been thinking about it before the hamstring and before bereavement. So those things have to be total and completely settled. And then you're right. That's the way, but, but I want the white Sox to act accordingly as in just because Liam Hendricks is the guy that you brought in on the big contract and the big money and all that. I hope that they are not married to the idea that he has to be the closer for this thing to be legit. And Tony La Russa is not going to be so stubborn that he thinks that that has to be the guy. And, you know, I think back to 2005 with the Chicago White Sox, and obviously this was a differently run organization with Kenny Williams and Ozzie Guillen, but they went through three closers that year. They had Shingo Takatsu, who everybody loved, and he was, talk about, you know, novelty acts because he didn't last long. And then Dustin Hermanson comes along. I thought, oh, this guy, he's got it, man. He could do No, no. Bobby Bobby Jenks, here comes the big guy. Here comes the big dude with the 99-mile-an-hour stuff and the slider and the cur- everything that Bobby Jenks brought. 
and he ultimately was your closer. So I just I just like to see them tinker with it. I would like to see him in higher leverage, and he's been very successful. I, I get it, doing what he has done. But if his if he is as deadly as he is, I just think that they should try it. They should try it. James Fox of, I believe, Sox Machine. Is James Fox of Sox Machine? Did I, I believe I that is that right. right. Yes. And he works for the machine. The Sox. We Yes, we work for uh, the Yeah, boy, machine. here I have to step in real quick here. That is no. not Sox Machine. It is also, oh. uh, it is Future Sox and uh, Southside Sox. Thank you. That's okay. right. That's what we said. That's exactly what we Nailed just said. It. James, yeah. we apologize. Thank you, Mike Rankin. So James Fox of um, the... Whatever the, I said. Yeah, whatever. Repeat it again. So James Fox. Future socks and Southside socks. Okay. And he says, he texts in Grody. It's supposed to be a multi-inning role for Kopech so that he can get to 100 to 120 innings. He'll be in the 2022 rotation. I understand that that's what the, like, I want to see Michael Kopech the starter someday as well. But I don't think they should get that cute right now. I think they should look at 2021 and say, this is our chance to win the World Series. Not next year, because it may not happen. You may, you may go completely south. Baseball might baseball. So do what you have to do this year. Make him your Adam Wainwright. Make him you know, play with him in late innings. Never mind. Like, try to stick to some semblance of the plan. Like, keeping in mind that he could be a starter. But why not just go balls to the wall and doing anything you can to make this guy great and put him in really tight spots in the ninth inning? Like, I get that plan. That's fine. But I just I think that you could you could better use him in other places to win right now, unless you want to sacrifice that. No, but I think I think they are. I think that once once you committed to, to Hendricks, you said, okay, here's our guy for three, four years. That's there's our ninth inning. And Hendricks has been mostly reliable, and, and he had himself a weekend, even against one of the worst teams in baseball. By the way, the Orioles and Diamondbacks since May 4th, if I have this right, they're 6-45. and 45. So the White Sox swept one of the – they swept the bad, new, you know, the bad news bears. They're just an awful team. That's just horrible. So – but that's what you need to do. Yeah, and that's a must-sweep. Right. So the, the idea with, with – if you back it out with Hendricks, then you have – Crochet and or Kopech, and you have Bummer and um, uh, Cody Hoyer, and I'm drawing a blank on Evan Marshall. There we go. Yeah. So you have uh-huh. the way you can line them up. And Not Matt Foster, by the way. Not yeah. Matt Foster. Go on. And so I think what they've done with, they've done the multi-inning role. I think what James Fox is pointing out is the multi-inning role is doesn't have to be a two-out, a two-inning save, but it could be a two-inning save when it's the fifth and sixth inning, and then you get to the stitched together part of the bullpen that becomes as locked down as they hope it can be. That's that's the way. The you saw that when the when the Cubs played Cleveland, Andrew Miller was acquired as a in, in, to be the sixth inning closer or fifth and sixth inning closer. Picks the sixth and seventh get to the eighth and then close the game in the ninth, and that's the way they set it up. And Kopech might be that guy as they try to get him over two innings, whereas the other relievers, they might just have a specific role that they, they have in mind. So I think they're, they've done a good job of setting that up. His availability has been an issue. Yeah, no, I... Phil, I think this comes down to a philosophical thing because, yeah, there is that, the... the 
bases loaded, one out, one run game, you, know, you got to have somebody who can come and just mow dudes down. And that has been Michael Kolpeck. I guess it comes down to what you value more. That's extremely valuable. I still value what goes, what happens in the ninth anymore. And mm-hmm. even some of the times that Liam Hendricks got in there and successfully saved games, I was like, is he going to save this game? It feels very uncomfortable. He looks very hittable. And it just may have been, and a lot of people were getting on me the other night, so just let him work through it, let him work through it. And I'm not saying, like, bench Liam Hendricks. I'm not saying take him out of the ninth, ninth inning role. I'm saying tinker with it. Try it. Do it five or six times. Alternate. See what you got there. And then if it's like, now we, we really need him in these high leverage fifth and sixth Andrew Miller innings, then that's all good. The Baltimore Orioles, by the way, I had forgotten about this. So they, they've lost 13 in a row with the Sox having won yesterday 3-1. to one. <laughs> And that's not even close to the worst losing streak that the Baltimore Orioles have ever had. Do, do you remember their worst losing streak, Steve? Rosen? Yeah, the Cubs, it, the, Cubs that were, the Cubs in 98 challenged it. Uh, yeah, they I, did. And it was uh, 21, 21 in a row. Was that it? 20 in that a row? That was it, man. Kids, 1988, the Baltimore Orioles started that season 0-21. And And I think it might have been against the White Sox that they... That the the streak was broken. My research can only go so far. So yeah, 0 21 to start 1988. I had forgotten about that, and then I remembered it because I was listening to Len Casper, and he mentioned the the cover of Sports Illustrated that Baltimore made it for being 0 21 that year when Sports Illustrated was you know Sports Illustrated. Right. Yes. And the cover of the Rolling Stone. Rolling That's right, Steve Stone. So the um. When the Cubs started, I, I remember it was 98, I was writing hit and run for the Tribune, and they lost the opener. And I, I think it was Montreal was still in Montreal then, and the Expos were still the Expos. And I think that's who they lost to. And I had written in hit and run. It was always good morning, and I think that day was good morning Cubs lose whatever it was to the Expos. They've been mathematically eliminated from the division race. And... <laughs> I got an angry call. It went to voicemail at at the Tribune. Angry call. And the guy was so mad and started threatening me. Oh, God. I had to send it to security. What do you guys want to do with this? And it was, you know, if I find you, I'm going to take you down. I'm going to. Slug you, you were just, just, I was just so mad that I had the, in this snarky column that had been established for three years that he's mad about the cub, a joke about the Cubs being mathematically eliminated on opening day. And as it would turn out, I never heard from him again that I know of, and the Cubs would lose 14 straight (laughs) to open the season. So I wasn't far off. Anyways, I thought you were going to say it was a it was a GM or a player that had no 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 they the called they called early though in '96 when I took the Tribune job and started writing hit and run we heard from the ownership of every Chicago franchise wow including the Cubs which owned us 
because they were mad about how the, how can they be on the front page doing why is this guy kicking the crap out of us every day? Well, you know, I, that was one of the things that either Andy McPhail or Ed Lynch said, and I said, well, you guys suck. That's why you're getting the crap kicked out of you every day. You Stop sucking and it won't happen. This is a pretty simple, pretty simple process. Connect the dots. By the way, speaking of which, Mark, I, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I have, I'll bring up two points to you. I want you to be able to connect these dots. You ready for this? I know it's Let's early it. on Memorial Day. And, and, and yet I believe you're up to this task. Yeah. So we have, a, I'll have a quiz for you. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, and, and, uh, but, and, and yeah, <laughs> we have screwed up the, the old Billy now twice because it's from, it's actually from cable guy because I went from dumb and dumber to liar, liar. <laughs> And now, now another texture, and the God bless the textures are up, man. They are up, and I love it. The the old Billy, it is from Cable Guy, so we have botched it. Tw- I, I'll just look. I'll point the thumb. I've botched it twice. It's the damn Cable Guy. And it was '97 when the Cubs started 0 14, not '98, thanks to every texture in the free world for letting us know. Good morning. Uh, we well look. It's Saturday suckage on Monday. Yeah. You weren't going to go far from suckage once you got Rosenblum and Grody. That's what you got. Chicago yeah. Sports Radio 670. The score. So let's see some hustle. Let's jack it up a little. I got a feeling things are about to turn around for us. This is Sports Radio 670. The score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. To answer one of the. Twitterers who uh, tweet tweet twittered at me. No, we're not twitching. God, we're gonna see. even though we're sitting in for Molly and Haw and Bernstein and Rahimi and Lawrence Holmes. Me and Mark Grody, Monday suckage. We're sucking for three shows so they don't have to. We're not twitching. We're saving you that. Welcome in. Welcome back. Saturday suckage here on Monday Memorial Day. Thank you for listening. The Mark, here's the here's here's what I have for you. Here is the quiz I I teased before. On May 18th, this Padres pitcher, his name is Yu Darvish. He became the second National League pitcher to throw seven plus shutout innings with 10 strikeouts or more on fewer than 85 pitches since pitches were first tracked in 1988. Seven plus shutout innings. 10-plus strikeouts, fewer than 85 pitches. The other one was this Braves pitcher by the name of Greg Maddox mm-hmm. on September 23, 2000, exactly 81 pitches. So can you connect the dots? Between those Hugh two Darvish, guys. Greg yeah. Maddox. Yes, both. Guys that played with the Cubs and have <laughs> went on to do great things with other teams. And and actually, just as they were both getting great with the Cubs, right? Same thing with Greg Maddox, who had won a Cy Young with the Cubs. And then you had Mr. Darvish, who was the runner-up for Cy Young before the Cubs did the salary dump. And, got re- and guess what? Guess what? That's the... That complicates everything in the question of 
what should the Cubs do at the trade deadline and, and all of that and how far up or down do they have to be to add on or to let players go? Like we could play that game and it's a fun game to play, but then it always comes back to God, the you Darvish thing. If you Darvish was just here, the mm-hmm. Cubs would probably be 10 games over 500 right now and maybe have a two or three game lead in the division. And the conversation would be totally and completely different. And and Let, also, BTW, Cubs about to run the gauntlet here in terms of their schedule. Those Padres, those U Darvish Padres, are coming to town today, then three games at really good San Francisco, and then four games at San Diego, and then home to play the cards. This is going to be, for all the, the schedule Nistas out there who say, well, the Cubs haven't played anybody here we go. Here we go. They're playing it. They're playing anybody over the next month. 17 straight against teams that would be in the playoffs now if the season stopped today. It doesn't. Ugh. And for the 2005 Astros, the season started today. They were 15 and 30 on Memorial Day, and they ended up meeting the White Sox in the World Series. So pay no attention to the standings behind the curtain. But anyways, no. as long as you bring up Darvish, he has a 1.6 war among the leaders. Sure. Zach Davies. Zach Davies, who has pitched great, by and large, last six times out, seven times out, finally got back to 0.0 war, Mr. Blutarski. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that was Tom Ricketts quitting on you. And now the, the Brink question you bring up, what would they do now? Let's talk about those 17 games. What does it mean? Who is Tom Ricketts really rooting for coming up? Let's mm. discuss that. I'm Steve Rosenwald. He's Mark Grody. Saturday suckage on Monday, Memorial Day. Thank you for joining us and thank you for leaving us. But remember, we're here to suck so you don't have to. It's a public service. We're happy to do it. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're going to have a team that's selfish and undisciplined.